Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I'm your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum, recording live. I love that because that makes no sense at all. Recording live (laughs) from our downtown studios with my executive producer, Mr. Jonathan Winstead. What's going on, guys? What's going on, guys? What's going on, everybody? It's a beautiful day. Um... (laughs) <laughs> just had a really funny thought i'm gonna keep it off the show because yeah, we're, we're a family show <laughs> but it's been a i don't know man it's been pretty cool it's been a good summer i'm getting ready for a float trip here soon so yeah hitting the river so i'm looking forward to that travel is nice man it's nice to get out it's kind of cool you know after all that coronavirus crap we were locked up it's nice to see people traveling again but here they are trying to set this up again boogeyman they're like bro if you say can if you say coronavirus in the mirror three times you'll the lights will go out and then you'll wake up with covered in masks and <laughs> and the doctor it, standing it over you and you in your dreams. COVID. 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 <laughs> tired of it, man. All right. Yeah, I, I am too, man. I, it's like it's not even worth discussing cuz we're all tired of it. We're all we're all going through the same thing, but it's uh I don't know. It's just, you got to move on. We got to move on. And we're going to move on now. So let's get to the topic of the conversation. Today's show entitled Bidding wars aren't the problem anymore. Uh-oh. What is the problem then? That, that is a great question. Let, let's set the premise of this, shall we? So Realtor.com surveyed and said a, a buyers, shockingly, are not having much luck finding properties out there. See, oh, supply wow. is down, and we've all heard in every town everywhere, we got bidding wars taking properties thirty to $40,000 over asking price right now. Like, I got to tell you, Jay, like, I mean, have you ever overpaid by something at all? Like, but much less to the extent of thirty or $40,000? I might have spent a little bit too much money in the club trying to pick up a girl. <laughs> but other than that, that's probably it. That's a badass bidding war, though. <laughs> <laughs> 45, 55, Because <laughs> you win either way. You know what I mean? True, true. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's the market we've been in for a while, though. Real estate buyers, would-be buyers are out there. They're getting they're getting outbid. That's been a problem for a while. We've been talking about it for a while, okay? In the fourth quarter of 2020, this article says from Realtor.com, active house hunters blame being outbid by other offers the most common reason for their inability to make a purchase okay so if all the things that are preventing people from buying a house used to be mortgages can't get a mortgage right used to be down payment i can't save up the 20 percent down or whatever the requirement is now none of that's the issue it's bidding wars but this article is saying that's not even the problem anymore now if that ain't the problem anymore what could it be I don't know. Tell us, Donnie. All right. I'm going to tell you. The problem now is houses are too expensive. Oh, no. Right? So we're at the top of the market. And I I know I've been saying this for a long time. And it's like, even I listen to myself and I go, man, you got to come up with a new tagline, brother. Like, what what is (laughs) going on? But I got to imagine all the great shock jocks, the radio jocks, like Rush Limbaugh spent all that time bashing Obama. Do you think you you ever woke up one morning and go, Man, I got to stop beating up the Democrats for a day and he try something new. Right, it might be a good guy. I don't think so. I think he sucked too. Nah, right, when he saw those lines lighting up for people calling in, right, uh, agreeing with everything he was saying, he was like, you know what, I'm gonna keep, keep saying going. That. He got a following, right? You got Dave Ramsey. You think Dave Ramsey goes? You know what? I'm gonna tell people to go into debt today. Like just today, 
I'm going to skip all this, get out of debt, get free stuff. I'm going to try something new. If the foreclosure deals coach starts saying, hey, bro, like the market's going to be awesome forever. Don't worry. Stop listening, actually, because I'm on something. Like something's gone on. What goes up at this pace has to come down. Okay. So the problem, which was, it was down payment. It was mortgages and getting qualified for it years in the past. Right. It was bidding wars just in 2020, just a few short months ago, really. Right. Now the new problem is that the houses are no longer affordable. The average price of a house in the Colorado Springs market where we're based. I lived in Denver for a while. If you guys listen to the show for a while, I used to brag to you about my condo in the center of downtown Denver because I was on the 42nd story looking down on people and I freaking loved it. Okay. I moved. I live in Colorado Springs. I'm in downtown Colorado Springs and I'm on the second floor. So I kind of overlooked the city, but I'm not 42 stories up. I'm, I'm two stories up. Much different. Colorado I would, Springs is a little bit smaller town than Denver. So uh, maybe it may be like a. Uh, it's proportional. Cor- cor- yeah, proportional. Yeah. It's proportional, right? I'm still in a badass spot, you know. And if you're here in the Springs, I'd love to hook up with you, show you the condo, come check it out. It's in a really cool spot on Tejon, right? Um, and if you're not, this is just really fun conversation for me to talk about myself, but it's my show. So deal with it. <laughs> Um, this, so we got this condo, but the, the reality is, is everybody's overpaying so much so that houses are no longer affordable. The average price of a home has gone to a half a million dollars, which means most normal income earners in this town can no longer afford to buy a house. If this is not a sign of the times, if houses are no longer affordable, so you no longer have buyers. So the buyers in this article are saying we got frustrated by bidding wars, so we left the market. We stopped wanting to buy. I was afraid of that. I remember doing a show on these bidding wars are going to drive buyers out of the market. Because I don't know about you, but I would tell you right now that I refuse to pay over the worth of real estate because I only buy deals. But then I got to be honest with you and say that based on the fact that the market is trending upwards, I would argue we're overpaying for most of the stuff we're buying right now. Now we're still buying them in a profitable margin, but I look at as I'm buying, I'm going, this is a little bit more than I should be paying for it, but the market's trending upwards. And I'm making money on it. Okay. We always talk about don't buy a house, buy a deal, right? These are still deals, mind you. Okay. Because although I paid a little too much for my condo in downtown Colorado Springs, it's still a deal. As long as the market continues to trend the direction it's trending, which is straight up. So it's still a deal, okay? But I'm an investor. You're an investor. You're listening to this show because you want to invest in real estate. And we are hearing now that normal people are getting out. They've been outbid for a while. And now houses are getting so expensive that normal people can no longer buy them. If you as an investor don't understand how dangerous that is, you should not be an investor, Okay, we need retail buyers to keep these prices hyped up. Right. Who's going to buy your flip? Thank you. Right? If the retail market stops purchasing homes because they can't get mortgages, not currently a problem. Right. Okay? Because there's no inventory. It's going up. It's still kind of a problem, but not 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 a complete problem. They're right. still available, right? The next phase is they simply can't afford it. Ooh. You can't, you can't really do too much other than like bossing yourself up and getting a whole new better job to, you know, break that unaffordability 
ob- obstacles. So, what can you do? Right? Yeah. You can dream bigger. One day, honey, <laughs> if we save up a hundred thousand dollars in forty years or so, <laughs> we'll be able to buy a house. But you won't, because at that point, it'll be a million dollar house. Right? You see what I'm saying? We are pricing ourselves completely out of the market. So bidding wars are no longer the problem. Prices are the problem, and prices are a direct reflection of an inflationary economy where the dollar that used to buy a house for $375,000 about two years ago cannot buy a house for a half a million of those same dollars today. And your government, God bless Joe. (laughs) Sleepy Joe. Oh, I'm uh, pretty sure he died like six months ago, and there's like they prop him up through animatronics. Like he was, it's a deep fake. It's a deep fake. <laughs> Kamala's is like, are you gonna go eventually? <laughs> like, I don't know how you gonna go. I, they're gonna shoot Joe twice and like put coronavirus. They're gonna put a COVID sign. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was Corona. <laughs> like, it looks like bullets. Kamala's is like anybody else want Corona? That? <laughs> don't you see the swab right anyway. there? It was obviously Corona. Like, come on, we bro. tested him right before we shot him twice. We're not supposed to talk about the president like that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and probably delete this. <laughs> nah, let's we, just we'll leave it. We're, it's podcast. <laughs> like if we were on like national radio, yeah. there's a lot of stuff you just couldn't say, yeah. right? But we're on a podcast. You get away. Thank you, Apple. Thank you, Appreciate Apple. It. Yeah, for sure. Not that they control the world. All right. <laughs> so the, the the pricing is now pricing people out of market. So if you're again, we we have to take this and go. What is good for investors in this space? Like I always, I scare you first. And then I try to give you the upside. I'm going to try to give you the upside now, okay? The upside is if prices go so high that people cease buying, they will start to come down. If they, not, not sorry, when they start to come down, you and I as investors in the marketplace are going to make a stupid amount of money because we're going to convert fear and doubt and stability into income. And when the market is flooded with fear, when the homeowner who has watched their price of their home go from 300,000 to 500,000 over the last five years, they're super eager right now to hold on to that property. This is where it's going to keep going up. I'm going to get, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy that Corvette. Darling, it's going to be sweet. (laughs) Okay. When they lose confidence in the market because it starts to fade. And I mean, just by a little bit. Okay, if they see even a four percent reduction in their property value, panic selling is going to start like you ain't never seen before. Because that guy who's not an investor, he's a retail owner. Exactly. Right. He's going to go. I've got to protect the cash. My house went up to five hundred grand. I am not watching it dip back down to three eighty. I'm going to sell it right now and go rent. I'm going to take the money and run. Okay. When we see even a slight market correction, and again, I know I've been predicting it for years, you know, but going back to the Rush Limbaugh example, he he predicted over and over, and there's no way we're going to reelect Obama for a second term. And eh, wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for playing. Right. The problem is, it's like, listen, predictions in the market are like a clock. I'm going to be right twice a day, like a minimum. I'll be going to be 100% right. Broken clock gets it right twice a day. I'm going to get it right at least twice a day. 
Okay, And twice a day is enough right now because as properties continue to soar, the government keeps pumping money to the economy, forcing people to ever push houses, housing prices higher. Affordable housing is going to become a thing of the past. You have more homeless people on the street at that point. Okay, So cities like San Francisco are being overrun with homeless because they weren't affordable before this. Oh, oh my goodness. Right? So now they're really unaffordable because prices are getting pushed way up. There's only one thing that can happen is that's a price reduction. That in and of itself will not have the effect. The effect on the American psyche, who for the past five to 10 years has watched the value of their home soar, that's going to be the killing factor. Because these are not trained investors. They're not you and me. They're not people who listen to crazy people on investment shows and try to find ways to increase their net worth. Okay. They're simply going to go, oh, hell no. I'm out. And they will do that at a 5% differentiator. If they go from 500,000 to 475, they're going to sell in droves. And we as investors are going to find the bottom of that market and start buying at the bottom of it. If you are prepared mentally, primarily, because the mental game was why I struggled so much in 2008. I saw this happening back then, but, you know, I'm 43 years old now. So in 2008, I was 30, right? I didn't know my head from my ass at that point as related to finances. So I panicked just like everybody else. The sky is falling. We shouldn't buy any more houses. They're going down in value. I just sell all of my houses. Now, I ignored that little birdie talking on my shoulder and pushed through it mentally, but it was a struggle. I'm not going to lie to you. I had to get a job to cover the gap in my mortgage payments versus the rental income that I was throwing off. It was a real struggle, but I stuck it out. And I sit before you with a seven-figure investment net worth because I stuck it out. We as investors have to see this coming and prepare ourselves mentally for a significant reduction in our portfolio value, right? But if you're an investor, like in my case, I have 12 properties, okay, and you lose 5%, don't get me wrong, it's going to hurt. But it's divided over 12 properties, you don't really feel it. If you're a retail consumer and you own one property, which makes up what 90% of the population is happy to have one house, right? You're going to see that drop and you're going to panic sell. And I'm promising you it's going to happen. I, I, this is one of those things. This is not a prediction. This is an absolute, this is fact. If they see an adjustment in the prices, you're going to see people sell off more. Why are people not selling now? Because they're expecting it's going to keep going up. That's leading to the lowest inventory shortage we've seen in decades. Because people are like, there's just no reason to sell if the damn thing's making me money. And where am I going to go? Like, I'm going to sell this house. And it's going to be more expensive to find something. Right. Similar. The one I'm going to buy is a half a million on average. I can't even afford to buy another anyway, right? That combination is getting people, they're sitting still. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do anything, right? So inventory is low as a result. If the market, no, sorry, I keep saying if. When the market corrects, it goes the other direction, which every market has to do. Okay, the car market is trading upwards right now. Cars are costing more this year than they sold for last year. Okay, that cannot continue. A car by design, as you're adding miles to it, is going down in value. It has to. So why are we seeing an increase in car prices? Too much money in the too much money in the market. Too much money in the market. That money's going to find its way out of the market. It always does. 
right? And some of that money is going to find its way into your pocket as an investor. Some of that money is going to end up squarely on your shoulders. Because here's the thing. Remember I told you those people are going to sell off because they want to protect their equity? Where are they going to put that money? In the bank. And the bank's going to give them 0.01% for that. And then they're going to lend that money on the secondary market in the form of car loans and credit cards. And they're going to make a ton more money on it, which means they're going to lend more money. You see how this all kind of works? Okay. We as investors, in this case, you are the bank. If you can reposition, I know you may not have as much money as a bank has right now. You may not feel like a bank because you're at the early stage of your economic cycle. Okay. But if you can start thinking like a bank today, when should you buy stuff? When it's cheap. Okay. In a little bit, everything's going to get cheap. And if you have money or at least know how, you may not have a dime to your name, but if you understand that, that the market's going to cycle the other direction, you're prepared. I've been preparing for that cycle since y'all started listening to this show two years ago. Two years ago, I'm, I'm trying to prepare you for it. I was prepared since 08 when I lived through it. Okay. It's happening again. Prices of houses are getting to the point where even if you can't afford to buy it, it's now becoming questionable whether or not you should. Right. You see what I'm saying? And when the market starts looking at it that way, where renting just makes way more sense than buying because it's so expensive, more people will rent. What does that do? Well, if everybody rents, then the price of rent goes up. Supply and demand, right? That if everybody's renting and supply and demand goes up and there's less supply of renters, more people end up homeless. You with me? If more people end up homeless, the government starts providing government-based housing to save off the homeless problem, providing more of a supply of houses and reducing the rent supply. If houses are very expensive and there's not enough people paying rent, those people, those investors who are getting more money for rent than they've ever gotten suddenly stop getting that and those houses foreclose. And then this all wraps around to the foreclosure deals. Coach. You see how it always ends up at me? Is it because I'm narcissistic, do you think? Uh, uh, yes, no that's comment. it. Okay, that's fine. I take it. I'm a big one. <laughs> it's happening, guys. Right? And, and I titled this show. Like, I, I mean, we kind of got a little off topic, but in the end, it's all very accurate in that you need to be focusing on the lenders who are making all of this happen right now. And they're not banks anymore. And you remember when they weren't banks last time? If any of you were around long enough, I know Jay's too young for this, but remember the uh, the subprime lenders? Remember that? That was the same thing. Right? right. If if people are not bidding up houses anymore, right? If you're not if you're not getting the if if you can't fight in that market because you simply can't make it. You're just not going to win. I think a lot of people are getting to that point. I think we are talking in the real estate community all the time to buyers who are like, I just don't have the energy, the time, nor the desire to get into these bidding wars. I don't, I don't have time to fight this battle. I'm just going to wait. And I, I remember saying at least six months ago, waiting is probably the best option for a lot of these people. Right. I was kind of right because a lot of people were overpaying, but like I was kind of wrong because we only thought you were overpaying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. It's like you're trying to help them out, but right. you know, like we always say, the best time to invest in real estate is right, right now. now. So, hey, man, if you can, if you think you might be able to, you should probably try. Because at this point, it looks like it's continuing to go up, right? And you're going to want to be in a position when this transitions to do one of two things: sell off your property, 
before it takes a hit, just like I said, right? It drops 5%. You're like, that's enough for me. I'm going to take the money and run, right? I'm going to go rent something for a while. Wait till it bottoms out, right? Or you're going to want to be in a position where you already own a property. You can turn that into a rental, converting that into passive income so you can go buy the next one. In either case, you're going to want to be inside the market, not outside. So if you're struggling to get inside the market and the bidding wars are discouraging you, here's the newsflash. It's not the problem anymore. The problem is now that the houses are getting out of whack pricing-wise. And unfortunately, you still need to buy one. So what do you do? Buy a deal. You buy a deal, right? Because as the market continues to go up, you'll benefit from that. When the market starts to fade because you bought a deal anyway, the fade won't affect you. I mean, not much anyway, right? You're going to take a little loss in your value, but you're going to go from a $50,000 equity position to a $30,000 equity position, and you're not going to care that much. If you are underwater, as so many people are going to be during that time, you're going to try to panic sell. You may not be able to panic sell. And for those of you who were around during the last panic sell-off, we called that short sales, where we were negotiating with the banks to take less on the property than was currently owed to get the guy out of it as opposed to foreclosing. That went on for several years. I promise you, number one, the banks are far more prepared for short sales than they were last time, okay? They're going to take those shorts quickly. They're going to take that loss because they thought, hell, no, man, you owe me 300 grand on this house. There's no way I'm going to take 275. That was the whole short sale mantra, right? And it took Six months to convince the bank otherwise. It was a six to 12-month process. That's not short at all. Thank you. There's no, there was nothing <laughs> short about a short sale, right? Sometimes upwards of a year to get it done, right? right. This time, the banks are not going to make that mistake twice because they took so long to take the losses they were going to take anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. They got stuck with a whole bunch of bad inventory on their books. And in several banks' cases, it bankrupted them. They didn't survive it right? They won't make that mistake twice, I don't think. I think this time, they're going to be happy to take less for the house than you will. And here's why. Because they know what's coming. And it's better to reposition that property, take a little hit now than a big hit later. I think they're going to see it that way, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Banks have not proven their uh, intelligence multiple times. Yeah, like even with our last episode, these these people are still having you sit down in front of the mortgage guy and go through the whole thing, whereas you got non-bank lenders having you sign up for a whole mortgage on an app. It's like you guys are still kind of moving a little bit slow. So right, who's, they have, who's to say they're like who straighten up now? So right, it's it's the problem with old money, right? And we got a whole new generation of new money. You got YouTube millionaires out there, eighteen-year-old crypto geniuses out there right now, right? Yeah. The, the people who have the money are not necessarily old staunchy bank guys. Money was usually a byproduct of age and it really helped if you were a white guy. You know, those are the two ways you could kind of ensure wealth. Not the case anymore, right? Today, anybody who's relatively intelligent can hack the system and, you know, produce YouTube videos and make millions, right? You've got 12 year old kids making hundreds of thousands a month on YouTube right now. It's happening. Right. So the wealth is not all positioned in one place. As a result of that, if you're getting outbid in the market right now, it's because you're playing a retail game with retail buyers and you're probably buying the wrong house. That's shooting straight. The houses I buy, nobody else wants them. I walk in very rarely a bidding war. I can close faster than the other house looks terrible. 
What does that smell? Is that it needs carpet? It needs paint. But I'm walking in pretty much uncontested and buying the inventory nobody else wants. I'm fixing it up and I'm turning it into my own private bidding war. And these God bless them retail bars are just doing everything they can to get in, but they're just not that smart. But they're doing everything they can to get into the market, which they kind of have to right now. Right? They're over. I mean, I'm setting a price I think is reasonable, and we're getting 10, 15 grand over that consistently. You know, that's the reality of the market we're in right now. It's not good for anybody trying to buy, but for those who are already inside, I'm it feel- could be worse. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up a little early today, but listen, guys, um, I love this. Bidding more is not being the. Who would have thought I would be telling you that bidding wars aren't the issue now? Now we're outpricing the market, and if you're not inside, you got to work harder to get inside. But the good news is, if you are looking for help with that, if you are not sure how to find your way into the market, how to find, fund, fix, and flip your first deal, I want to encourage you to reach out to our executive producer, Mr. Jonathan Winston, and set up a time to talk with me. i got to be frank with you. I used to take the calls directly, but I love y'all. But a lot of y'all called and asked a lot of dumb-ass questions. And I, I just... And I don't, it's not that I don't appreciate the dumbass. We all have to learn somewhere. The good news is, is Jay is now fully equipped to answer those dumbass questions. Let me help you out. And we can prepare you for the intelligent questions. So when you get to me on the coaching piece of this, you're already well-versed with Jonathan's teaching to ask the right questions to help your specific situation. It's not that I don't want to, hey, listen, we all got to start. Don't be ashamed to ask dumbass questions. You got to make sure you're writing, you're asking a person who has the time and bandwidth to provide the answer. Okay. And I don't anymore. The good news is the organization has grown. Life has grown. We're doing well. Okay. I still want to be a part of your rise to wealth though. And in order to do so, you're going to have to go through a screening process to determine if you're the right fit for the foreclosure deals coaching program. And if you are the right fit, long before we talk about how much it costs and money changes hands or any of that, we're going to make sure that we can help you to get to the other side of this equation that you're mentally equipped, that you're physically equipped, and that you're financially equipped to get to the other side of this so you can stop fighting out the bidding wars and you can get into this market before you're priced out completely. And we're heading that direction now. I certainly hope you'll join us in that. I certainly hope you'll reach out and become a part of the coaching product. And we're so excited to have you guys keep listening week in and week out. It's a blast. A lot is changing. It's all happening before our eyes. I do hope you won't get scared. Jump in and become a part of it today because time's a time's a wasting and the time to make money in the market is right now. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach, reminding you now and always don't buy a house, buy a deal.